Hello, and welcome to The Plants We Eat, that amazing podcast where we talk about all kinds of plants that, you know, we ingest. <laughs> My name's Jeff Gilman, and with me, as always... Cindy Proctor. And, uh, hey, we've got a pretty cool plant here today. We, we do. We do. This, is, this was recommended by uh, Becca Pasnansky, and she said, hey, why don't you do Sabra? And I said, okay. And then I said... What, what? is Sabra? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what, I I didn't didn't know what this was. Now, I looked it up, and right away I found out that it was prickly pear cactus, and I knew what it was. Now, Cindy, have you worked with prickly pear much before? I mean, you spent I, most of your life in the South, and, I mean, it is native to the to the southern United right. States. Right. Uh, yes, I have worked plenty with prickly pear, enough to know that, uh, I'll give a little hint, that you never touch it. And it's, and, I've, and I've grown to love and hate this plant, and we're, you're going to find out why, because it is a great plant, but you need to know some things before you handle it or or you'll be suffering. My, I have two fingers right now that are itching, <sighs> even even after uh, what I'll call spine removal. I'm sure you, you'll get into the specifics later. Yeah. <laughs> but even after spine removal, I caught a couple in my fingers and um, they're itching right now. Okay, so yeah. yay, yay for me. The first time that I ever was confronted with prickly pear, uh, actually, I never saw it in Georgia. At least I didn't know that I saw it when I was in, in Georgia. Um, when I came back south um, you know, to... Uh, to Charlotte, um, somebody said, oh, just grab one of those and eat it. And I took it literally, and I actually grabbed a prickly pear. I assumed that the spines were going to bend. They didn't well, bend. It, and it's a great little ornamental plant in, in the fact that I know we live in the South, but there's no cactus growing here freely, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's inside a greenhouse or your home. And so this is one of those hardy cactuses that uh, you can enjoy in the landscape, um, but also is a good, great food source. Exactly. So there's um, something less than 100 species of prickly pear in the United States and more than 350 species across the Americas. This is a cactus that is native to, um, to the Americas. So that in and of itself is mm-hmm. really neat. As you pointed out, it's edible. And I, I want to point something out, uh, out about this edibility. It, it's fruits are absolutely edible. Its fruits are actually very similar to other fruits, um, but its pads are edible too. I know, and its pads are its leaves, and it, and they're cactus leaves, and, well, the, and they're 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 they're, they're, uh, they're stems. Well, but I, right, well, you're right. There there are they are stems. Forgive me, but uh, the they're very inside is very aloe like. Yes, and yeah. so that that's a great uh, uh, comparison. But you can saute them and 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 fry them. And have you ever done that? No, I have not done that either. Because uh, somebody played a joke on me to to touch the leaves, mm-hmm. kind of like along the lines of fifty two card pickup type of joke. Oh, no. And I touched it, and and uh, it takes a couple weeks for that sensation to go away because your you, your body has to gr- push out the little spines, and they are spines, but they might as well be thorns. <laughs> well, actually, they are. Technically, those are the leaves. Yes, they are the leaves. You're so, right. So I'm, I'm being technical here. That's okay. But yeah. Um, and that's the exact same experience I had with the fruit, although the person wasn't intentionally being mean to me. <laughs> I just, you know, oh, yeah, you can just take the fruit and eat it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Grab it. Right. Yippee. <laughs> Itchy hands for, I'd say, two weeks is, yes. about, is about right. Um, I got the major spines out within five minutes. And you can't scrub them off. No, I mean, you, th- no. it's there forever. So be careful. And uh, I, I've taken a pad off with tongs. That's because they snap off fairly easy. Huh. Uh, so yeah, 
So that's yeah. that's how you can remove them. Now these these plants are known across the Americas. Again, a variety of different plants. You have everything from ground hugging cacti all the way up to ones that are almost tree sized. I mean, you won't get a ninety foot tall cactus, but you can get them at, at uh, even ten feet, perhaps. Uh, some of the larger ones might be. They've also got the name Indian fig, barberry fig, and tuna. Mm-hmm. The uh, the sabra is actually the term used in Israel. And sabra has become a very common uh, food over there, it grows all over the place in that area of the world. And the interesting thing about sabra is that not only is it the term for a prickly pear cactus over there, it's also a term referring to a Jew born in Israel. And it took on this meaning for a very specific reason because a Jew born in Israel is supposed to be like a sabra, tough and prickly and dangerous <laughs> on the outside, but nice and sweet on the inside. <laughs> I so, like that. <laughs> isn't it? I, I thought that was kind of... Right. Uh, another term that they use um, in the uh, southern portion of this, uh, of this continent is nopal, uh, and nopalita is going to be a small, sh- slender shoot mm-hmm. of, uh, of the prickly pear cactus. So, you know, one of the neat things about this cactus, I mentioned that there are something less than 100 species in the U.S. and 350 species or so across the Americas. Um, one of the neat things about this is they are essentially all edible. Mm-hmm. This is a situation where the cactus basically developed one defensive structure, and that's its spines. And once you get beyond the spines, it's just tender and and, and lovely. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> lovely. I don't know. I don't know where that came well, from. Well, it's it's surprising. It, you know, yeah. it, that's what it. For, I think it's surprising. I mean, yes, the pads are very cacti-like, but the fruit are so interesting. So we have some fruit in front of us, which we're going to try in a minute. But I wanted to um, I wanted to point something out about the fruit, which you may have seen before. Um, so you've eaten the fruit before, mm-hmm. uh, and when you cut it open, it's just amazingly red. Yes, it, it it'll stain a great deal. So be careful when you handle it. Ex- exactly. So have you tasted it before? I have. Okay, I it's have. very raspberry tasting. You think it's raspberry? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of different. I mean, we'll try it today, and okay. we can we can do it kind of on the spot, right? And uh, we have Josh here today, and he's uh, standing in for Mike. And Josh will also give us his impression of what uh, of what these things taste like. But before we go there, I want to mention something. That bright red was something that the Spanish noticed early early on when they you know came to to the Americas. They saw this incredible red color on a lot of the Aztecs clothing that they had no idea what this red color came from. And they found out that it came from, that it's actually not prickly pear. It's actually a scale insect oh. which attacks the prickly pear. And this <laughs> scale insect can then be collected and crushed. And when it's crushed, this very, very red, even redder than the prickly pear is, this red pigment comes out. So does the scale attach itself to the fruit? Um. The, I, I believe it, it attaches itself um, all over the plant, but I think that you need to get the the uh, I think you need to get it from the fruit to get that bright red. Right, color, right. Is my understanding. Now I could be wrong on right. that, so I don't want to say that I, I because know what I'm because scale will literally suck sap yes. out of a plant. Let's explain so. scale just real okay. briefly. So most of you probably know what aphids are. Aphids are just a tiny little insect that flies all over the plant and and sucks the juice out. That's how it lives. Well, a scale is a little bit like an aphid, except that it will settle in one place and will not move again for the rest of its life. It'll actually build a little, almost a turtle shell 
over itself to protect itself from the outside world. And then that little scale, it's just that scale and its food source mm -hmm. for its entire life. It's actually kind of hedonistic if you think about it <laughs> that way. Um, so anyway, collecting scale is not hard at all because since the scale doesn't move and it's just connected to the plant, you just scrape it off and, uh, yeah, use it. Um, one, 150,000 insects are needed to produce just, uh, just over two pounds of dye. That's, so that's, that's a lot of dye. That would be a lot of dye. Yes. Yeah, I have, okay. to, I, have to, I have to agree with yeah, that. Yeah, it would be a lot of dye. But it's, it's still cool that it's, di that it's a dye that can be used. The, actually, the dye, you, you're probably familiar with it. Have you ever heard of carmine dye? Yeah. Yeah, that's where carmine dye comes okay. from. And now you know. <laughs> All right, so is this something that you have actually uh, spent much time um, growing? Do you have one in your yard? No, I don't. It's not, a fa it's not the look I like. But, it, but I'm still intrigued by it, and we have one at, on campus at the community college. And it, uh, it's interesting, and the students propagate it freely so and take actually, it home. Mm -hmm. actually, that's actually the one that I grabbed, by the Is way. It? <laughs> and do you have one at your yard? I do not. Uh, okay. We do have a whole bunch of the botanical gardens. Okay. We actually used it to kind of um, semi-close off in, in a small area of the gardens okay. um, because it, it, it looks a little bit dangerous. Right. And, well, Stitchy. right, and so, but in the spring, I want you to harvest their young pads. Okay. All right, and I want you to use a knife and mm -hmm. scrape off um, the spot, the outer skin, mm -hmm. and the spot and the spines. And I don't tend to like to eat the pads raw because it's mm -hmm. slimy, because it's, it's similar to an aloe plant. Right. But if you grill it, saute it, um, you can even dry it. And it, I, I want to try yeah, dry it, and it has a lemon flavor when you do that, um, and so the, and 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 it's a it's a it's a fun little uh, I guess a vegetable like you know type plant to eat, mm -hmm. and then the fruits, boy, we could we we could do all kinds of things with the fruits. Well, we've got a couple right right in front of us okay. right now. Well, how would you describe the shape? So first of all, this is the outside of the fruit. Uh, we've done two things. First of all, the spines have been scraped off, and just to make sure, I actually took a blowtorch right. and went around and that the outside. A, that's a great way to take get rid of those spines. But where did you get them, first of all? Okay, so these are relatively local. I didn't actually okay. get them. Uh, our assistant director of the of the botanical gardens okay. uh, found one just in one of her walks, and it was covered with fruit. So she picked. They're up huge. A few. Yeah, they're really large. Because usually they're about a golf ball size. These are more um, tapered at the ends, so, yeah, so which is, is fine. If so. you took the total size of this, I'd say it'd be two golf balls. And what would you say that shape is is like? Teardrop. Teardrop shape? Yeah, teardrop shape is is a good, uh, is accurate. Anyway, on the outside, it's, um, what color red would you get? It's a dark red. It's like a wine red. Wine red. That's very good. A very... Um, a dark red, a dark red white, a, a good, a good deep cab. Now, if let's explain how they look on the plant. If you look at a cactus with these, with these pads, if you will, and they're called pads because it's not a, a, a cylindrical looking cactus. It's a flat. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the the stems or the leaves are flat, and uh, they on the tips of these leaves in the spring. They, or in the winter time as well, will grow this fruit on top. And in most cases, it looks like a, somewhat of a golf ball, not probably perfectly round. A little elongated. Yeah, a little, and so you just twist them off to pop them off. Yeah, With well, you don't just grab them and pop well, them off. Well, but you have to burn them off first while <laughs> right. they're still intact on the plant. Exactly. And you're going to cut them off. You're supposed to cut the ends off first. All right. Yes, okay. cut the ends off first. So like, like so? Yeah. Like, uh, All right, so I'm cutting the, uh, the sharp part of the teardrop tip. Yeah. 
Now I'm cutting. No, no, no. Cut the other end off. This is preparing you for Thanksgiving. Because <laughs> you're cooking, right? No. Now you should have cut the skin off, but that's okay. You're going to. You're fine. Go, okay. So you're going to. Look at that. Look at that red. Isn't that nice? It's beautiful. Okay, so Josh, you want to come over here and take a little bit of a taste? No, also, you want to spit the seeds out. Yes. Okay. You, you, you do. I believe that they're, they're not poisonous. No, but they're just they not pleasant. Pick some of this off with your fingers. Yeah, just go ahead. Be careful, it'll stain. So. Yeah. And that was, I did not bring napkins today. Sorry about that. And Cindy, there you go. Okay. And I'll grab a little piece, and let's check this out. Let's see if this is any good. Hmm. It's not very sweet. But it might be the time of year. Yeah. Because they're usually very high in sugar. Mm -hmm. And these, these aren't. They're not no, they're not sour and they're not bitter. No, they're just, simply not sweet. They're just not not anything. My fingers are lipstick. I mean, <laughs> they're really red. Now um, in the in the Texas area you would harvest these in December. Mm -hmm. Here in the South, you might want to wait more until Gosh, February, March, kind mm -hmm. of thing, because you really want the plant to ha have time to to condense the sugar um, reserves and in, inside uh, the fruit, because these would be a great kebab mm -hmm. um, component uh, uh, of a meal on, or on a fruit tray. Mm -hmm. I would say that the uh, well. I'll give my impression. Then I want Josh to give us his thoughts. I'm going to say that there are somewhere there's some kind of a cross between. Um, a beet and a raspberry. Mm -hmm. Josh, what do you think? I tasted a bit more raspberry. Um, okay. It, like, like you said, it wasn't really sweet, but it wasn't sour or bitter. It was just kind of... It wasn't unpleasant. No. Um, this particular one isn't one I'd go out of my way for. The ones I've tasted in the past, I, again, I don't have to go out of my way for, but they taste a little bit sweeter. So, you know, sweet things. We all love sweet. Sure. Um, somebody served this. Josh, would you eat it again? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Um, you know, if you've got a dry yard, if you live in the southeast, and if you've got a spot where kids aren't going to get into it, I think that this is a great addition to the landscape. Sure. How many plants can you call an ornamental and uh, a, a survival plant at the same time? Not many. Absolutely. All right. Now, for our, for our thought of the day, <laughs> I've, got, I've got something that drives me just absolutely nuts. Okay? I can't wait to hear this one. All right. Um, and for those of you out there who don't realize this or who, who don't know this little fact, um, don't tell me because I'll, I'll, be, I'll just be angry at you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Cindy, let's say that you have a Honeycrisp apple. Mm -hmm. And you take the seeds out of that Honeycrisp apple. And you say to yourself, I'm going to make a Honeycrisp apple tree. And you plant those seeds. I won't get a Honeycrisp apple tree. See, exactly. And so many people think that when you take a Honeycrisp apple and you plant the seeds, you will get a Honeycrisp apple. Well, it's apple. because of Johnny Appleseed. Okay, well, Johnny Appleseed never planted cultivars. He planted seeds. I understand. But that I'm just telling you, okay. that's why. All right. And the, and we were probably, you know, only plant folks would know that. It, it's true. But it's something that I want people to think about. And let me let me go a little bit further. I want to take this. I'm actually going down a line of thinking, so bear with me. Okay. So the reason that a seed doesn't produce... Uh, Honeycrisp apple from a Honeycrisp apple is that that Honeycrisp apple has been crossed with another apple. Okay, so here's something that you probably don't know, and there's no reason for you to know. Uh, apples are not self-fertile. In other words, a Honeycrisp cannot fertilize or pollinate another Honeycrisp. So the, uh, the genes are going to be from another apple, and they're going to be really screwy. So when you plant a Honeycrisp seed, 
it's as likely that you'll get something good as something completely inedible. Well, isn't it? And a lot, a lot of our apple trees are grafted too. They're, well, that's how you maintain a cultivar. Well, I understand, but that that's but it, if you grew the seed out, not only will it not be a honey crust, but it probably wouldn't do well unless you're in in, the, in a cooler climate. That's absolutely true. Right. That's absolutely true. The tree may not even grow for you right. unless you're in a cooler climate. Now, the other thing that I wanted to mention is something else that many people don't realize, which is that if you have a tree which is amazing, like the Honeycrisp apple, trees like that are patented. In other words, mm -hmm. let's say that you could produce a plant from, from that. Um, you actually couldn't do it because that plant's patented. But actually, you couldn't use a seed. Here's why. Plant patents, you can only patent a plant that you can reproduce vegetatively. What do I mean by vegetatively? Grafting is one way, cuttings are another. Grafting is where you take the top part of one tree and put it onto the root system of another. And, and uh, cuttings is where you take a piece of a branch and you treat it in such a way that it produces new roots. Okay. So now, hold on just a second. Sure. I think uh, we should do a show about gra about patents and trademarks. Would you, you like you're, to? You're very knowledgeable about that. I, I've 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 talked about it a good bit. Well, I think there's there's a lot of issue in our industry about it. Mm -hmm. It's it's not as clear cut as if a new invention comes out and receives a patent. You know, there's a lot of uh, that's that's true. A lot of issues, and and maybe p folks don't understand when they're buying a ten dollar four inch annual. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Okay. Let's, let's plan a future show on that. Okay. Let me finish out this thought, though. Sure. So, after 1930, you could patent a plant. Um, if you could reproduce it, again, vegetatively, which means by cuttings or through grafting. And then, in terms of a seed, you know how sometimes plants do come true from seed? In other mm -hmm. words, um, you know, a plant will be similar to its parent from seed. Uh, that... Those plants weren't protected until 1970, and that actually wasn't a patent, although it was very similar to a patent. It was called the Plant Variety Protection Act of 1970, which lets you protect uh, plants that are reproduced through seed. But I think this is a great one for some future time. Um, I'd, I'd uh, love to do a whole show on patents okay, and so trademarks. Okay, so I don't understand why you're upset. I'm upset when I hear people who think that you can take a Honeycrisp seed or the seed of a particular variety. See, I would let them grow it and have fun with it. <laughs> I guess that's the difference between you that's and me. That's right. That's why we work well trying, together. You're just trying to act sweet and stuff. You're not really that nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's that because nice. I had a prickly pear fruit. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for listening to The Plants We Eat. We look forward to talking to you again soon. This has been a production of the UNC Charlotte Botanical Gardens, along with uh, the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, again at UNC, and the IO Group. Talk to you soon.